How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Hey there, we're live with the Nasdaq Market Site after what has been another wild week for the markets. The guys here getting ready behind me. In the meantime, here's what's coming up on the show. Stocks are getting crushed. And as investors run for cover, Dan Nathan says even the so-called safety sectors are dangerous. He'll give us the trade. Plus, it's Tesla taking off as the rest of the market crumbles. But if you miss the rally, Mike Coe is a way to get in. And retail is getting wrecked ahead of the holidays. That's exactly what Carter Worth says, and he's got the charts to prove it. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. And we start with the markets as the sell-off went from bad to worse this week. The S&P 500 falling nearly 5% straight back to those October and November lows. It is now tracking for its worst quarter in seven years. As the broader markets plunge, investors are running for cover in the so-called safety sectors. Utilities, REITs, staples are all higher. But Dan Nathan here says there's danger in one of those groups. So let's get in the money right now. And you are looking at the utilities ETF, the XLU. Yeah, so today was trading at a new 52-week high, up about 10% on the year, up about 20% from the 52-week lows made back in February. And one of the things that's really interesting, we have a one-year chart of this thing. It really was tracking the performance of the S&P for most of the year. And there's been a bit of a divergence over the last couple of months. You see that orange line where it's gone up and to the right, and you've seen what the S&P's done. It's gone down into, uh, it's gone down into the right. And to me, that just doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. I get the whole notion of going to safety, but when you look at the components of the XLU, these are some very expensive utility stocks trading above market multiple. Multiples. So I just don't get it. And if you go back and look at a 20-year chart and you look at the relative outperformance for a little bit in utility stocks, in the XLU, um, into the past market corrections or market crashes, ultimately it follows suit. Not too long after either. So one of the reasons I was looking at the XLU is that there's kind of a hedge you win, tails you win sort of situation in my opinion. If we stay volatile and let's say into the new year, the S&P goes down much further, I think utility stocks will follow suit. If the S&P were able to find its footing and start to make a march back towards its prior highs at some point in the next couple months, I think utilities get sold. I think we're at that in between period right now where investors really don't know what to do. They're just flocking to that safety. And lastly, look at that five-year chart. I'll let Carter speak to all the charts. We are close to possibly a new uh, double top and maybe a retest back towards that five-year uptrend. So to me, I think this sets up really interesting. Option prices are pretty cheap. I think you look out to March expiration and today, I think the new high was about 55, 60 or so. When it was trading about 55 and a half, you could look out to March expiration by the March 55, 49 puts spread, paying $1 for that, buying one of the March 55 puts for $1.25, selling one of the March 49 puts at 25 cents. That breaks even at 54 bucks. You can make up to five dollars between 54 and 49 very near that uptrend and then your max risk is that dollar uh, between 54 and 55 i like the risk reward i got four months for this thing to play out and i think we're going to have a lot of ways to win in this trade this thing pays five to one i think that's one thing you should pay attention to another thing you should think about is that the xlu much like its constituent stocks 
pays a fairly handsome dividend, and it's going to be paying, it's going to go ex-div before the March expiration date. And the reason that's relevant to options traders is that when you're thinking, okay, I'm looking at that 55 strike, right? It looks like it's a dollar 45 out of the money. There's a 95 cent dividend coming. What happens to a stock when it goes ex-div? Usually drops by the amount of the dividend. So how far out of the money is that put spread really? Only about 45 cents. So when you think about how much XLU would need to decline for this to be profitable, if you held it to expiration, and I don't think you'll need to because I think you're going to get a chance to monetize this before then, it really isn't all that far. So I like this trade a lot. Right. I mean, what this is more than anything else, I think we know that it's a money flow issue. Just as money can get overexcited about big fang names and then decide it's going to reverse, it's now and has been happening for a while getting overexcited about staples, utilities, healthcare. The thing is, though, you need the market to do well for this on a relative basis to really win. Because even though when you cited that, Dan, it drew down, utilities drew down as much as the market during the 2000-2002 sell-off and the 0709 sell-off, they do outperform on a relative basis until the very end. And so, I mean, I like this better if the market somehow comes to life. Because if the market's going to sell off utilities almost definitionally, will sell off but less. Yeah, so the relative out- outperformance is definitely an issue. And timing that, if you go back and look at that 20-year chart, is a really hard one to do. That's why I'm looking out to March expiration. Option prices are cheap, but Mike's point about the XDiv makes this thing. You know, you can have this back down a few bucks and have more than a double, and you may take that trade. I mean, the point is the risk-reward sets up really well. I think the chance of a runaway breakout above that prior high is not particularly great right now. And I think we know this, that if everything goes down in a straight line. And let's be frank, the S&P is down less than 2% of the year. Yeah, we're in correction territory, down 10. But if we go down 10% in January, everything's going with right, it. But this, nowhere, will go, this will go down less. Yes. I mean. Now to retail's nightmare before Christmas. The XRT retail ETF is down more than 15% in just the last three months. Nearly every single stock in the group is sitting in a correction or worse, down more than 10% off their respective highs. And the chart master here says it's only going to get uglier. Carter, why don't you head on over to the plaza? Sure, break sure. It down. Head on over. So, look, we know that, that consumer has been a sort of a myth for a long time. The sector was being propped up by Amazon, Home Depot, and other high flyers. And um, individual securities and businesses are basically uh, in trouble. And uh, there are others that have held up well. And we're going to look at Costco at the end of this um, story here. So, retail. We're familiar with the XRT. We've looked at it many times together here with this very screen. And uh, it's about 90-plus stocks. It's got everything from Amazon to Home Depot and Lululemon and so forth. So it's a well-defined head and shoulders top. That speaks for itself. Um, If I were to put the lines and move them forward, what we also know is that it's come down to, I mean, look at this, right to a trend line. And there is a case to back and fill at a trend line for a while. But here's the thing. If I clear those out, Watch what it also is. You're right back to these prior lows, which is also support until it's not. And I think that's what we're setting up for, that we're going to actually break the trend line and break below these well-defined 52-week lows. So let's look at now Costco. Now, comparing Costco to to an equal-weight ETF is maybe uh, not the best or fairest. And Costco, of course, is a staple. They make most of their money uh, selling fruits and vegetables, so to speak. But this divergence is starting to become interesting because ultimately Costco is still a retailer and they do have to produce Christmas results and so forth. I think this is the opportunity. Costco's held up too well, and I think it ultimately will uh, break down. And so Costco, a few ways to draw the lines. No drawings, 
I think you could draw it this way. You have a well-defined break in trend. And what's so telling, right, is that when you do adhere to a trend line beautifully and perfectly and then finally break, notice when you get back to the underbelly of the line, that's where it failed. That's deadly. So to recover back only to hit your head and then fail at that line is not what you want to see. That's bad action. All right, one or two more charts. So here's another way to draw the lines. Now, some people talk about heads and shoulders, cups and handles. There are diamond formations, pennants. What? These things don't have to have a name. But what they represent is consolidation after a big move. This big primary drop, then you measure the width of the diamond, and it often gives you a resolution or a measured move. That implies as much as 10% lower. I think you get out of Costco if you're long going into earnings. Is this worse than the death cross? It's diamond of death? Carter? Diamond of death, I don't know if it's, well, it's, meaning it's, you know, the, those things have their uh, implications. When something has dropped aggressively and then has a debate, there's people making a huge bet that it's going to do well on its number or plunge. Usually, you get resolved in the direction of the primary move. And a measured move, how far could it go, is done by taking, again, from the top to the bottom of the consolidation range. Okay, so Mike, rather, how do you trade this uh, diamond of death? The diamond of death is the first time I've heard of it. I don't like the sound <laughs> of it, I have to say. I mean, here's two things I would point out about Costco. Number one, when you have as much volatility as we've seen recently, options prices rise. Implied volatility rises. The options on Costco are relatively expensive. 25% implied volatility, well above average. The other thing that's expensive is the stock itself. It's trading about 28 times forward earnings. That's well above its own historical averages. It's very tough to press shorts in circumstances like this. Dan just is looking to short something that is basically trading at its peaks. After we've seen a nearly 5% decline in a week, I have a hard time pressing shorts, but I don't mind selling overpriced options. So I think the way you can do this, I was looking at January, the 230 240 call spread. When I was looking at this earlier today, you could sell that for $4.10. Sell the 230 call for $7.45. Buy the 240 calls against it to hedge the upside at $3.35. You collect $4.10. That's more than 40% of the distance between the strikes. If the stock sits where it is right now, you're going to collect that premium. If it rises slightly, you're still going to get it. The worst thing that can happen to you is that the stock rallies all the way up to that higher strike and you hold that all the way to expiration, which you'd be unlikely to do because presumably if we get that, we have new news about the market. So you actually are not really even making that 60-40 trade-off. I think you're really making a 50-50 trade-off and you're already you know, having it work in your favor. So I think that's the way you can basically make a somewhat neutral or bearish bet on cost. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to, to differentiate between what Carter said. He thinks it's going to break the di uh, diamond of death and go down 10%. And I think it's really also important to understand what the news is. Why are option prices elevated? They just uh, announced November same-store sales the other day that beat expectations. They're also reporting earnings earnings on December 13th. So there's a lot of uncertainty how that's going to go here. Um, you know, Mike's trade is a really interesting one. It's obviously very near the money. If it is below here on December expiration, Mike's going to collect that $4 and change. If it's up just 10 bucks, if it's just up, you know, three or three and a half percent, he's going to lose six. I mean, I mean, that's really what the trade is. So to me, it's not exactly commensurate with the bearish call that you're making, but it is a good options trade because you like to sell now, remember also, this, a little bit like utilities, is a very defensive security. In fact, if you were to look at its relative performance to the S&P, it's making new all-time highs, even as it's been mm. trending sideways, meaning it's a grocery store. 
uh, it's, uh, it is a place where money, if things get really bad, will go to hide. I mean, it, and a lot of it does. I mean, we seem to find ourselves at Costco too often for my Holly now indicator. Citibank card. This is part of the Holly indicator. You know, Lulu hasn't been showing up on our bills, but Costco continues to. And if you've been to one lately and tried to find a parking spot, you know precisely what, I, what I'm talking about. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. It makes for a great weekend read. Here's what's coming up next. Tesla shares are racing higher. And Mike Coe says they could soon reach uncharted territory. He'll tell us how to trade it. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Options Action. Amid all the recent volatility, Tesla shares are surging. The stock is up nearly 40% in the last three months and trading right back to the funding secured level. Phil LeBose in Chicago to break down what is behind this rally. Phil. Um, Melissa, one interesting note about this rally as it's moved higher, 359.88. Why is that an important level? Because it is at that price that the next round of debt financing and about $920 million of convertible bonds, that's when those bondholders, when they come due in March, they can convert that over or Tesla can say, look, you can have securities instead of cash. If it's below that, it's a cash payment. So clearly this would help Tesla in terms of conserving cash. One other piece of information regarding Tesla, actually two, the first one being this Sunday. You do not want to miss 60 Minutes because that's when there is a profile and an interview with Elon Musk in which he explores a number of topics. The most interesting that we've heard so far, his penchant for social media. Here's his take. There are people who say the company cannot survive with you. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they say it because of the way you Wait, acted over the summer, <laughs> yeah. doing things that seemed impulsive, un-CEO-ish. Uh, well, first of all, I, 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 I am somewhat impulsive, and uh, I don't really want to try to adhere to some uh, CEO template. He actually goes on to talk about the fact that he believes Twitter is a war zone, Melissa, and that if you're in the arena... Let's go. That's why he uses Twitter to convey his thoughts on a number of topics. Jeffries upgraded the stock today to a buy. Price target $450. That gave the stock a boost today. Now it's trading, what, at three, just under 358 At $359.88, that is the level to focus on. It'll get a lot of attention as we head towards the uh, debt payment maturity. Uh, coming up in March. Melissa, back to you. All right, Phil, thank you. Phil LeBeau. Well, if you missed the Tesla rally, relax, because Mike Coe says the stock is heading even higher. He's at the plasma with a call to action. Mike. Oh, there, yeah, so we're actually going to talk about our call spread to action. And whether the stock could go higher or lower, I think we're sort of, that's still a questionable situation. I do still own some March puts in the stock. But one thing that Phil talked about that definitely is significant was those convertible bonds. It is astonishing how the stock seems to hold in when it gets right around this 360 level, which is also where those happen to convert. The $920 million, put it into perspective, as of their last earnings, I think they had about $2.9 billion in cash. They've had continuous cash, free cash flow problems up until this last quarter and supposedly this coming one. $400 million is what they're expecting. The other thing is, 
What can support a stock that just doesn't seem to give up the ghost when everything else does? A really high short interest. I mean, there continues to be a very high short interest in this stock. Some of these shorts are going to be in a very bad position. And if they're going to be margined out on longs that have been dropping, that puts them in an even tougher spot. Uh, finally, I mean, just out of interest, out of humor, whatever, we're looking at this 420 level. That was the level that he had referenced for reasons that might have involved smoking joints. Who knows? But that was what he talked about when he talked about taking it uh, private. So that's essentially the level that I'm taking a look at since I think it's highly unlikely that that Jeffrey's target of 450 is where it's going to get. I would imagine that if it gets to that 420 level, it's probably going to run into some resistance. When I was looking at this today, actually, it was significantly higher on the back of that uh, price target raise. It was probably trading right around 370 at the time. So the levels I was looking at when it was trading at that level was the 375 calls in January. You could spend about 24 bucks for those and then sell the 420s against it for about 760. You're spending a little over $16. This spread actually ended up the day much, much cheaper because the stock ended up a little bit lower than the levels where it was when I was taking a look at this. And I think the critical thing to think about here is, do you think the shorts could get squeezed out? Do you think the stock is gonna hold above that 360 level when those converts come due in March? If you do, and you're inclined to make a bullish bet, this is a way to do it. I mean, I kind of feel like it's gonna be a binary situation. Either they hold above that level, and it could actually go higher, or they fail, and they're gonna to have to come up with the 900 million bucks, and it could go lower. So, what do you think, Dan? Well, I think targeting that level is an interesting psychological level. I think the idea of like kind of targeting the shorts into um, you know the convert company. I just think March is a very, very long time. The stock has been extremely range bound, although it's been very volatile. It's been a very large range, and we know that there's been some volatility um, on their deliveries. And so, if Model Three were to be less than expected when we get some news in January, this stock could be back down 10, 15 percent pretty easily. Carter, I mean, as a technical setup goes, it's about as precise as it could be, meaning you have very well-defined tops at a common level, right, over the past 24 months, repeatedly pushing up against the 385, 390 level. And I would say it has as good a chance as any stock in that position to break out to new highs. It also has, uh, of course, the short interest, which becomes an accelerant. The further you go, the more uh, difficult it is for someone who's in a bad position to retain the short. Mike, last word. You know, I mean, Dan just referenced the Model 3, and, and one of the things we did here recently was that they may have actually gotten a lot of those problems sorted out, and maybe we're going to start seeing them hit some of the targets that Elon had previously identified. If they're going to hit those targets, and this interview that's coming up that we're all going to see on Sunday is well-received, it wouldn't surprise me to see the shorts get squeezed this coming week and month. All right. Thanks for that, Mike. Still ahead, bank stocks getting slammed down 7% this week, crashing to its lowest level in more than a year. We'll tell you if there's more pain ahead. Plus, got a question? Send us a tweet to add Options Action. We'll try to answer it later in the show. We are live at the NASDAQ in Times Square. More Options Action coming up. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at some of our open trades. Just last week, Dan said shares of City were going from bad to worse. 
Citibank is the one I want to focus on here. The thing just acts downright horrible. I mean, 60 bucks where it just bounced off of seems like a really important level. If it goes through that in early 2019, you're going to have a stock probably in the low 50s. It's when the stock was trading today um, at 64.75. You could buy the December 64.60 put spread for a dollar that breaks even at 63 bucks. And it was a great call. Citigroup getting slammed with the rest of the financials this week, down more than 9% since the time of the trade. So what are you doing here, Dan? Yeah, and it's not just this week. I think we've been consistent on this desk. It's been all year. The underperformance and then just the total crap out in the last couple months is troubling. Um, you know, this was a, a short-dated trade. It was December expiration. Um, paid one for a $4 wide. It can be sold right now through the low end for three. I think you take the profit and you move on. But I'm going to be very consistent here. I think the highs are in for all of these banks for a very long time, and I think you continue to sell rallies into the new year. Mike? Yeah, I mean, this was definitely a great call, and, and I'm inclined to agree. I don't see how they could get back to those prior highs, uh, and we're well off them now, for sure. So they'd have to go pretty far, pretty fast to even come close. Right, and given uh, also in the, in the event of further market weakness, which is the high odds event, this is just a beta trade of the downside. These things can collapse. They will trade as a group no matter what, because the, the bulls will say... Some stories are idiosyncratic. Well, Deutsche Bank is idiosyncratic. Yeah, well, that's idiosyncratically bad. Uh, and there will be a regional bank or two whose CNI loans are fine and will hold up. But big banks, big components of the KRE will indefinitely trade down lower together. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take your tweets. Jim asks... Jim, by the way, has a great Twitter handle. Um, whatever happened to Mike's SPY put spread from several weeks ago, do we hang on or liquidate the position? Mike, what do you tell at Fund Dude Quadruple 7? That's going to depend a lot on what happens this coming week, I would say, because the higher strike was 260. We're right at this level. We were looking at this the last time we were testing these levels in the S&P. How do you buy protection? This is your protection if you still hold it against your stock. So you can hang on to it, if, sell it if you make money. Time for the final call, Carter. Retail, not good. I would be short XRT and Costco while defensive. I'd bet against it going into earnings. Sell call spreads Costco. Dan. Yeah, retail's horrible, but the XLU, I think it's ready for a pullback. All right, our time has expired. See you back here uh, next Friday at 5.30. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.